It's Adam Summer coming to you for this Tuesday, February 28th edition of the Heartland Pod. For folks who haven't done so yet, make sure you click the subscribe button or the follow button or whatever it is on your podcast platform that makes sure that you automatically get these shows. Make sure you've got the downloads turned on so that you can uh, help us track the numbers and see how folks are listening to this show. Uh, If you haven't yet checked out our Monday show, Talking Politics This Week, uh, I was back with Rachel Parker and Sean Diller, and we had a great time. It was uh, a really meaty show. We got through a lot of topics and had a, a, a good fun doing it. And uh, and then we did a last call, which is one of our members-only shows. So you can check all of that information out at heartlandpod.com, where you can click the pop-up link to sign up to be a Patreon member, or you can just go to patreon.com backslash heartlandpod or just search for the Heartland Pod on Patreon and you're going to find it. And uh, you can sign up today. Uh, we have levels $1, $2, $5, $10, $20, uh, or you can give whatever you want to give. Uh, but at $5 a month and up, you get access to all of the extra shows. And at the $1 and $2 level, you, there's still things extra things you get access to. Uh, there's a blog over there. Uh, and then also you get access to our social network which we run through Mighty Networks. We have a a private social network that is open to our members only. So sign up today, heartlandpod.com. Click the Patreon link and get signed up as a member. You can help us change the conversation with our independent media shows. I got home from a long day, one of those, you know, 12-hour type days that uh, is just part of of being, uh, you know, really part of being most self-employed people. You're going to have those kind of days, maybe longer sometimes, right? And uh, coming from working on a lot of different projects that touch a lot of different people's lives, and I had a little bit of downtime between uh, two different things. I was doing. I say downtime. I elected to not do work for a small period of time today uh, so that I could kind of catch up on the news uh, in Missouri, in the Missouri legislature in particular, uh, because as we've talked about on this show, uh, you know, Missouri is one of those states that kind of gives us a, a glimpse, kind of gives us a microcosm of what does it look like to have a government that is completely dominated by one party, and when that party is essentially beholden to the most extreme elements of its own party because of the combination of things in, in a state like Missouri, Ohio, Texas, right? Uh, and it's a combination of things that Includes gerrymandering, of course, but also includes, uh, you know, misinformation and intentional disinformation and, and bad faith arguments on, uh, you know, topics that make them seem one way when really they're another way. I talked yesterday on the Monday show, my opening statement was about propaganda, and that's part of it, right? It, it, there's a propaganda element that goes along with it. Um, you know, it's like giving your, your dog a pill, you hide it, right? You put it in something that you think people will like, you don't tell them about the things that you're doing that are, are necessarily harmful to what's going on. And what do we do about it, right? What do we actually do about it? Um, as of today, February 28th, uh, Missouri, you know, Democratic Party, uh, the state party does not have uh, a chair today. So they'll have to go through a process on that. The movement come from. Well, it, it doesn't come from a person. It doesn't come from a point. Uh, whether we have an excellent leader you know, on top of the, the Missouri Democratic Party or the Missouri Republican Party, for that matter, it, that doesn't really turn the tide on, on anything. It's, it's the people. It's the bottom-up 
uh, approach to politics that is required to have any real movement of what's going on. And in a state like Missouri, that can be daunting. It can be maybe scary. Maybe it gives you anxiety just to think about what's your role? How do you fit into it? How do you talk about these issues with folks who you presume disagree with you or that you think disagree with you or that you know disagree with you? Right. If you're somebody who listens to this show in uh, you know, the immediate St. Louis area or immediate Kansas City area, maybe you spend most of your time with folks who basically agree with you, right? Maybe you're fighting about nuances inside of things that you already agree to. If you're outside of those areas, and some of that is in Columbia as well, by the way, but if you're if you're outside of those areas, and probably some in Springfield, um, definitely some in Springfield, but if you're outside of those areas, uh, that's probably not the case. You're probably going to be heavily exposed to folks from all viewpoints and certainly folks who uh, disagree with your political party stance or your general political affiliation. So how do you talk to those folks about what's going on in the Capitol, whether it's Ohio or Missouri, Iowa, doesn't really matter. Pick a state that is dominated right now. And how do you talk about it? Well, if you start with politics, it's probably not going to go very well, right? If, if you want to try to convince somebody that they need to listen to your opinion, starting by attacking their politics is essentially the same as attacking their, their personal belief or their personal identity, right? Think about that. Think about, especially on the left, how important respecting personal identity is. And I, and I, and I understand the difference, right? I'm not trying to say that, that political identity and, and personal, whether it's you know gender identity or sexuality, pick any of those things. They're not the same thing. I know they're not the same thing. It'd be ridiculous to suggest that they are. But the emotional response to them is similar, okay? When you attack somebody's core of who they think they are, of what their identity is, they take that as a personal attack on them, right? It's why the, the pronoun argument is a stupid argument, not because pronouns are stupid, but because not respecting what somebody prefers to be called, whatever their reasons are, is just really stupid, right? I don't use my first name. I use my middle name. People don't walk around talking about how annoying it is that I identify with my middle name instead of my first name, right? It can be confusing sometimes. I have to explain it sometimes to judges that I don't know. It was always a thing taking role, you know, when I was younger in classes. Uh, actually, I go by Adam, right? I said it over and over again. It, it's not a huge deal for me to say it, just like it's not a huge deal for somebody with a preferred pronoun to say this is my pronoun. And respecting it is just as easy, right? It's just as easy. You just acknowledge it and you move on. It's, it's not a big deal. And so making it a big deal makes it into a personal attack. And for the folks who strongly identify with their own identity in a political sense, right, I am a Republican. I am a conservative. Right? I am a this. If that identity is important, then if you start with that identity, if you start with attacking their core, their foundation, then they're going to take that differently. So 
Where do you start? Support this show and all of the work in the Heartland Pod universe by going to heartlandpod.com and clicking the Patreon link to sign up. Membership starts at a dollar a month and goes up from there with extra shows and special access at the higher levels. Heartlandpod.com. Click the Patreon link or just go to Patreon and search for the Heartland Pod. No matter the level you choose, your membership helps us create these independent shows as we work together to change the conversation. The place to start, it's the place that impacts all of us, every single one of us. Money, our pocketbook, the things that impact our day-to-day lives. Unless you are independently wealthy to the point that you don't have to genuinely think about your debt or your income or the bills that you're going to have to pay this month or next month, right? if you don't have to think about those things at all, then this doesn't really impact you. But guess what? That would put you in an incredibly small group of people, very small group of people. You're talking about top, top, top percentages of the population. Most folks have to think about that stuff. And it's something that we all think about the same way. Do I have enough? Right? I want my family to be happy, healthy, safe, and home. How do you think about those things any differently from somebody whose politics are different than you? You probably don't really think about them that much differently. Yeah, there's again, there's nuance within things that we agree about. We'd all like prices to be lower. Maybe we think about why the prices are higher differently. Maybe we justify things depending on who's in office to, to suit our own political whims. But the bottom line is we'd all like to have more money left at the end of the month. We'd all like to spend less money on groceries and less money on travel expenses, commodities, the things that make our lives go day to day. And that's universal. We'd all like to pay less money for everything, right? Everybody's a bargain shopper. Everybody's a value shopper. So let's look at what's going on from a policy standpoint, and let's start at that angle. Right. In Missouri, and by the way, not just in Missouri, but again, I'm focusing here. If you take a look at what's going on right now, well, they're talking about property taxes. They're talking about getting rid of different types of revenue streams for the government. That's one of the things they're talking about. Now, that's kind of happening underneath the cultural issues, right? A constitutional amendment to strengthen the abortion ban. That was proposed. Of course, the debate over minors carrying guns, right? That one's out there. Jeff Smith has a great piece on the Missouri Independent about that. Or, of course, there's the heated debate about Kim Gardner, the St. Louis prosecutor. And then you have the gambling issue, whether or not we're going to have legalized gambling or not. And all of those things kind of fit together in a certain way. And one of the ways they fit together is the abortion stuff, the gun stuff, right? These are being used to keep those debates frothy, to keep you talking about those things, to keep us disagreeing about those things, 
because when you get to the other stuff, what you're going to find is that the more you talk to folks about it, day-to-day folks, folks that you know, folks that you'll see tomorrow or after you listen to this, or maybe if you're walking downtown in your town while you're listening to this, talk to those people. Talk to your local leaders. Talk to them about what's going on with revenue. Talk to your county officials, your city officials, okay? Those folks are plugged in. That's what they do all the time. And your local politicians, your state reps, your state senators, even your folks from Congress, they talk to those people. And they talk to those people more than they talk to your average voter. And and for most of them, it's just a time component, right? There's no way you could talk to everybody that wants to talk to you. But they do talk with those folks, those elected leaders, your aldermen, your you know your council persons, your uh, you know your county commissioners, prosecuting attorneys. Those are people who have ears of the legislature, and I promise you that the people running those programs, your local government officials, they're looking at the books a lot differently than the folks in Jefferson City are looking at the books right now. Right? There's all this talk about these revenues that we have in the state and how we need to have these huge tax cuts because we have all of this revenue. But they keep leaving out the part that everybody else knows is true, which is that the revenues they're pointing to, the money they're trying to justify these cuts with, is fake. It's fake. It's not year-over-year money. It's not something that's going to come back next year or the year after that. It's not going to be there in the future when the revenues run dry. It's not going to be there. So they go through the motions of cutting this revenue while telling us there's money there, but the money's not going to be there. That's a message that people can get behind. It's something people can completely understand. Right? You can put it in terms that we can all understand. Think of it this way. Think of cutting your income because you got a bonus. I got a one-time bonus, and so I'm going to work less. I'm going to work fewer hours, take less salary because I got this one-time bonus. That one-time bonus isn't guaranteed to come back around again. Why would you do that to your own household budget? You wouldn't do that. You wouldn't. You would use that bonus to improve something, right? Maybe fix that thing that you've been putting off. Maybe it's a new water heater. Maybe your HVAC needs to be updated. Maybe you've been dying to put a fence in the backyard. Buy some exercise equipment. Maybe you just want to put it in savings or pay off a credit card. And yet in this instance... Rather than use the money that way, our state senators, our state representatives, are pushing an agenda to use the money to replace regular year-over-year revenues for a small period of time while ignoring the fiscal cliff that they create in doing so. It's irresponsible, and it's bad government. And what's more, they know that. They don't care. They don't care, because if they cared, they would propose real solutions to go along with their cuts. Where are the solutions? Where's the backstop? Where's the thing that replaces that revenue in the long run? Where is it? 
We know it's not going to be sports gambling, probably not this year. Yet again, we have two different sports gambling bills. Yet again, State Senator Denny Hoskins single-handedly is going to hold that up. Single-handedly, he's going to make it so that that can't happen. Single-handedly, he could be the reason why the Kansas City Chiefs jump state lines. Because make no mistake about it, folks, these sports teams, these franchises, these massive billion-dollar businesses, they want it. They want it badly. They want it in their stadium. They want a terminal near all of the seats, just like any other kiosk. When you're done buying your hat or your pennant or your jacket or whatever, or blanket if it's my wife because we buy blankets at sports games uh, and it's kind of a problem, I'll be very honest with you. Although they're very nice blankets usually. But when you're done buying all that, right, buy your beer, your hot dog, whatever, they'd like you to place a bet. Five bucks, ten bucks, not, nothing big. They don't want you, they're not looking for you to come in there and drop your paycheck. They want you to bet five bucks. And some of the people will leave really happy and some won't. But it adds something to the game. It's enjoyable. I can tell you firsthand. I enjoy sports gambling. I think it's great. I'm not talking about big money. I'm talking about small amounts of money responsibly doing it. This past fall, I drove over to Kansas, opened up an account, put 100 bucks in the account, and I placed some bets. I had a great week the first week. And then you know what? I didn't make it back out of state for a few weeks, so I didn't place any bets. And then I was up in Iowa. So you know what I did? Placed some bets. Had another good week. And then I got to enjoy the Super Bowl with a bet that I placed back in September because I placed a bet on the Philadelphia Eagles, the Philadelphia Eagles and the, and the Kansas City Chiefs, each to win the Super Bowl. Not a lot of money, just a little bit of money. But it, they both paid out pretty good because it was what's called, you know, it's a future bet. If you're not into gambling, it's, it's a future bet. And the odds on those are really good because it's hard to get them right. I, I, I don't, it's not hard. That connotes that there's like a true level of skill in picking who's going to win the Super Bowl in September. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of luck involved with that, but uh, you know, the, the chance of getting it right is very low. So you get paid out pretty well. So you can bet 10 bucks and make 250 bucks, right? It's a nice, nice way to, to enjoy that. But there's revenue that's connected to that as well, right? When I went to Kansas, I also, my wife and I went to dinner in Kansas. We went to Top Golf, which is in Kansas. We went across the state line and we spent our money over there. We spent our tax dollars over there. We spent our money creating revenue for the state of Kansas. Not the state of Missouri where we live. And that's just one issue, right? I'm I'm not using sports gambling because I think it's some amazing thing. And I know there's probably people who listen to this show who disagree with me on whether or not it should or shouldn't be legal at all anyway. I understand it's got a negative side to it. It's got a downside to it. I'm not saying it's a, a great thing for everybody. But it's one way that they could offset some of the cuts, right? They could create revenue with this very, very simple thing. But instead, they continue to argue about other things. They continue to argue about whether or not trans persons in Missouri should be allowed to have the medical care that they desire. They argue about 
whether or not abortions should be more illegal, whether or not kids should walk around with guns day to day. And in the meantime, this last week, this past Thursday, Denny Hoskins stands up and filibusters until noon to keep from the gambling legislation from actually moving forward. It's dysfunction. And that's easy to talk about without talking about politics. Notice, I'm not talking about Senator Hoskins' political affiliation. It's irrelevant to this. It doesn't matter what party he's from. What matters is that he is working to stop something from happening. Period. He's just trying to stop it from happening. He's trying to grind it down to a halt over an issue that most folks disagree with him on, by the way. Dysfunction and taking money out of the revenue without putting it back. Now, for the folks who would say to that, well, government should be smaller. Government's too bloated anyway. That's fine. I, we, can, we can argue about the size of government, the function of government, those kinds of things. But that's not the money that they're cutting. We're not talking about special bonus money. We're not talking about the government coming you know, to your house and, and, and you know, making it so you don't have to work anymore money. We're talking about roads, bridges, schools. We're talking about core infrastructure in this state. Drive around your town. Drive around the towns around you. Take a look at the roads in this state. Take a look at the bridges in this state. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. And yet, they want to take more out of the coffers. They want to make it even harder in the future while telling us that today it's all going to be just fine. And it's bullshit. It just is. And that's the conversation we can have with folks because it's not a political conversation. It's not a political conversation to talk about the issues that impact their day-to-day life. What do you think about the roads around here? How do you think we could make them better? That's something we can start with. It's a very fundamental thing and it can grow from there. Talking about those issues that impact all of us every single day. And helping break the stranglehold on the debate with the culture stuff. Stuff that for some people it does impact their day-to-day life. But for most folks it just doesn't. It doesn't. Other than as a political football used to distract us from the meat and potatoes that's really going on. The true main dish. The stuff they really don't want us sticking our noses into. And it's the same thing it's always been. It's the money. And for the folks who say, it's not about the money. It's always about the money. It's always about the money. Money drives all of it. Money and ambition and power. And the other two, they're connected to the first one. It was money then, it's money now, and it'll be money tomorrow. That's how it works. So talk about the money. Talk to your neighbor about the money. 
Talk to that coworker of yours that you know you disagree with on the baseline politics. Talk to them about the money. Talk to them about that reality. Talk to them about the pothole that you both drive over every single day on your way to work. Talk to them about the flat tire that it causes. Talk to them about the wear and tear on their vehicle. Those are real costs that get passed on to us. Every time you get a flat tire because of a bad road, that's the government. That's the government saying, where you drive is not important enough. We want to use the money for other things. And in fact, you know what? We're just going to take it away now. Talk about the money. Talk about the money. Talk about the money. The Heartland Pod is a production of Midmap Media, LLC. Follow us on Twitter with at the Heartland Pod. With email, you can reach us, heartlandpod2020 at gmail.com. Online with heartlandpod.com. Subscribe and please sign up for our Patreon with patreon.com slash heartlandpod. Become a podhead or an official podgressive today and unlock all of our content. See you at the next show.